Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back into another edition of NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. NFL Reacts is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. The last remaining undefeated team in football is no more after a shorthanded Green Bay Packers team took down the Arizona Cardinals on Thursday night. Football came down to a game-sealing interception in the end zone by Razul Douglas. I'm not really sure what the hell A.J. Green was doing, but the Cardinals suffered their first loss of the season, so we'll get into that. We've also got a ton of NFL Reacts polls to get to, as well as our weekly pick three to get you set up in your DraftKings lineups ahead of Sunday's action. So let's get to it. I need to welcome in Kate Majuk of DK Nation, as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. And we start with Thursday night football. Uh, it was just announced that Packers tight end Robert Tunyon did suffer a torn ACL in last night's game. He is sadly done for the season. Kyler Murray also got hurt on the final play of the game. He was seen in a walking boot after the game, though it is being reported that it's not expected to be a serious injury, and they hope Kyler's going to be good to go uh, for the Arizona Cardinals next game. Uh, your guys' thoughts? Um, I was pretty impressed with what the Packers did and their game plan. I feel like the Chiefs need some of that right now in making <laughs> adjustments. Uh they're not even shorthanded and they refuse to make adjustments in their offensive game plans, but the Packers did it last night. I was pretty impressed with Matt LaFleur. Their run game looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, kudos to AJ Dillon, who's just looking like an absolute bulldozer. Um, we've all seen the pictures of AJ Dillon's thighs and they were in full display uh, in prime time Thursday night football. AJ Dillon looks like he uh, I mean, he's just a great compliment to Aaron Jones and what they want to do uh, and what they needed to do without a bunch of wide receivers. Uh, it was super, super impressive. Robert Tunyon is super unfortunate because we know he's got a lot of red zone chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. But again, I think we need to go back to uh, speculate here. What was AJ Green thinking about? Because he had to have been distracted. Like, they called it a miscommunication. I don't know what the miscommunication is. When you're running a route, you need to be ready for the ball in a like what it's an obvious passing situation. So, guys, I want to hear your thoughts. Give me one thing that you think AJ Green was so distracted about. Uh, what was he thinking about that made him just completely forget about the fact that he was mid game? He looked like it was supposed to be a run play or something, and they didn't have any timeouts. They were down near the goal line. The clock was 
a factor at that point. I I, I don't understand. I'm happy it happened. I mean, Russell was Douglas, he thinking about going? like his next meal where like where he's going <laughs> out to dinner? Um, was he thinking, did he have a lady friend on the mind? Like there had to have been something very catastrophic that just bulldozed into his brain because it makes no sense whatsoever. Um, and like that, that's just not, um, not smart football, AJ, not smart football, terrible he was, football. He, he was just thinking about his Halloween costume or something. Maybe he's thinking about Aaron Rodgers Halloween costume. He's like, is this guy going to shave once, once this Halloween costume is over? Like I, I, like there, there are so many questions we all have Aaron Rodgers. We do need to see you get a nice haircut after Halloween. Uh, and I think that's what AJ Green was probably thinking about. It just, uh, I don't know. Maybe AJ's like, I'm not the dude they throw to on the final play of the game anymore. Not me. And so he just wasn't ready for it at all. He was <laughs> like, wait, what? No, that's, I'm not that guy anymore. What, what are you guys doing? That's your fault. That's it good. really is. It's- Russell locked him up a little bit earlier in the game and I was joking I was like this dude's locking up a hall of famer like put it put it in the papers put it in the headlines and then he comes up with that pick that's a crazy story for him too I mean Rodgers was even pointing it out in the the post game with uh Fox or he's like that guy was practicing with the other team for a month he's like we we stole him from them so that's a huge win for the Packers the Tunyon thing sucks obviously um they're going to have to use Deguara you know, as that third down tight end type of guy, because it, it's not feasible to not use a tight end in the NFL, even on like third and long. And Mercedes Lewis, just you can't do that with him. I mean, he's 37. He's up there in age every week. It's he gets a veteran rest day. They know what they need to do to get Mercedes Lewis like functional in these games. And you can't have him be an every down tight end. So someone is going to have to step up. It's going to have to be the and Daphne and I know those aren't sexy uh, for like national fantasy players here in those. They're not sexy. <laughs> no. Any thoughts? No. Is there any chance they trade for a tight end? I, I think so. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if if there's a situation, I mean, the fact that Ertz got moved a week early, I mean, I think they would have been in the Ertz sweepstakes, you know, with the situation that they're in right now. Um, I, I do. Um, who Who's on the blow? Like, is it Evan Ingram? Like, yeah. You know, I don't that Kevin would Ingram, make sense. I mean, he Eric would Ebron. play for him on third down. Yeah, I mean, both of those guys would help him out there in that situation. So, I don't, I don't think that they would bring in someone who's like an every down starter, basically. But to be able to rotate in to get the Tanyan reps at least on third down, I think they need a better body for that because I don't know if Deguara can even put up the production that Tanyan has the potential to. Right, Tanyan has the potential to be able to put up that production. He hasn't really seen it. This year, they had to do a bunch of stuff with them, too. You got to remember, they had Yash Nyman, who's basically a practice squad player playing at left tackle. So Tunyon was in for a ton of those chips when they were playing a Bosa or a Watt, right, early on in the season, um, helping up the offensive line. So I think as we go down the stretch, you know, Bakhtiari's probably probably going to play next week. Elton Jenkins is healthy again. That offensive line will become less of an issue, and they'll need more of that production from the tight end position. They just don't really have the bodies for it right now outside of maybe DeGuara. Mercedes Lewis did have that incredible one-handed touchdown that went out of bounds. Uh, 
It's just a marvel that that dude's still playing at 37 years old. Uh, and he just looks like a monster, too. He's just huge. He's just Big dog. Than, yeah, he's just bigger than everybody else on the football field. Uh, so I, I don't think we learned a ton about either one of these teams last night, necessarily. Like, obviously, the Packers were shorthanded. They had a good game plan. Uh, the Cardinals are still a very, very good football team. And it was just a really impressive win by the green Bay Packers it is a huge win for the green Bay Packers being so shorthanded and being able to pull that off. Uh, so hopefully Kyler Murray's healthy. Hopefully Deandre Hopkins is healthy. He also left the game with a hamstring injury and he's been kind of banged up all throughout the season. So we'll keep an eye on that as we're moving forward. I, I want to take a look at this matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the new Orleans saints this week. Uh, Mike Evans coming off of a monster three touchdown performance. He's going to get Marshawn Lattimore this week. And if you've monitored these matchups in the past couple of years, Marshawn Lattimore has, for the most part, got, gotten the best of Mike Evans. And Evans has been clutched this season, but I'm a little worried about starting him in this game because Marshawn Lattimore just seems to be that dude who can keep Mike Evans bottled up throughout the game. And Brady's got enough passing options, even without Antonio Brown in this game, who's already been ruled out, that he's going to spread the football around and maybe Leonard's going to get in the mix. And Chris Godwin seems like a really good play. So I'm curious how you guys feel about Mike Evans. I'm, I'm kind of out on Mike Evans this week. I think um, I'm, I'm hopeful that Chris Godwin can see some of those targets. He'll uh, work out of the slot a bit more and, and he's not going to see that top end coverage there. Um, but that, I mean, that's the issue uh, is even if you shut down Mike Evans, there are so many options to spread the ball around to. Um, and it, it's a quarterback that's smart enough uh, to read the field and actually make good decisions uh, every single down. Tom Brady is the best. He's too smart for this. So uh, that plus, you know, the fact that Rob Gronkowski is uh, probably going to get back in the mix this week. No, thank you. I, I, I'll, I'll pivot back to Gronk, but that's about, that's about all I'm looking at. I, I do think that uh, this is going to be a fun game to watch, though. This New Orleans team is so weird, right? So, so they, weird. week one, just beat the hell out of the Green Bay Packers, just to the point where people are wondering, you know, are the Packers legit? Then from there, you know, they lose a couple games, kind of fall out of, like, the playoff race, you know, thought, right, where – we're look, we're talking about all these quarterbacks and all these teams that have all these MVP contenders at the top of the list for you know Super Bowl contention, and then they're just back. They're just back in the playoff race, and now we have to think about the New Orleans Saints. Defensively, they do a lot of weird stuff. Um, in terms of coverage, they're they're a lot of NFL teams are too high. They'll go too high and play you in like two man. That's how that's what they did to Green Bay. So they force you to run against them at times. And, you know, obviously they have a pretty good defensive line. I think that's kind of where this game is going to end up being won and why I think, you know, to your guys' point, the fact that they have guys like Leonard Fournette who can just, like, run power downhill under center, like, that's going to help them out against this matchup. So it'll be interesting. Lattimore, too, he, he gets, he's been getting, like, more chippy. Like, every year he just, like, more and more chippy. <laughs> What do we put over under 0.5 fights in this game? Uh, will you take it? I, I'm going to take the, I'll, I'll take over two and a half shoving matches. Uh, we saw there a we couple go. of those 
a little trysts last week with DK Metcalf. Um, any thoughts? So obviously, uh, right, you know, just earlier this week, the Saints traded for Mark Ingram. Any thoughts about him getting involved? Like maybe we see him get, you know, a little bit of extra love from the Saints to get him a little juiced in his first game back. Uh, I I kind of don't mind the play in DFS to uh, just kind of wing it and see if he gets involved right from the get because he knows he knows this team. He's familiar with the system. Maybe we see him get, you know, uh, a little bit of love. I, I think we will. And I, I think I saw just earlier that the Saints not only like they traded for Mark Ingram, but they gave him a year extension. So he's like signed with the Saints through next season now. Uh, so they love Mark Ingram. But obviously he's got the past with New Orleans and he's played with Alvin Kamara before. He's not quite the same player, but. I'm kind of with you. Like, I feel like they don't want to keep giving Kamara 20 carries a game. They would rather just be able to utilize him as the pass catcher, especially with how their wide receivers have struggled this year and how they clearly don't trust Jameis at all to just take over the passing game and and uncork stuff down the field. So I I think you could see Mark Ingram in this game and the Bucs have a good, you know, front and they have a good run defense, but I think he could get, a lot of work. He could step right in. He knows the offense. It's not like he's got to learn a lot. And Alvin Kamara kind of goes back to what he was pre this season, where he gets 10 to 12 touches a game on the ground. And then he's super effective in the passing game. And that's the Alvin Kamara. I want to see anyway, that's the Alvin Kamara we've been missing this season. So I'm actually excited for Mark Ingram joining this backfield. And we finally saw, we saw Khalil Herbert last week, put up a hundred yard game against the Bucks, like who would have ever thought shout out to Khalil Herbert uh, who did that. But I mean, the Bucks aren't like an easy team to run against, but I don't, if they can get into a rhythm with Kamara and Ingram, I think this could be a fun, fun little dynamic. See, this is how, you know, NFL running backs are built different than like gen pop humans. Cause if you're like, Hey, gen it's pop. a short week. You just got added to the, uh, to the roster. Uh, how do you feel about running the ball straight into Vita Vea? I'd be like, ah, let's let's wait a week. Let's, uh, I, I I get you guys next time, <laughs> right? So uh, yeah, I, I would assume that he would be there. I mean, he's a very good. They're very good complements to each other, right? Like Mark Ingram, inside runner. You could keep Kamara on the edge, keep both of their legs fresh. I mean, that's kind of like uh, you know, just coming off of this Thursday night game. Look at how Green Bay uses their running backs right now, like AJ Dillon when they need to run downhill. AJ Dillon's in the game and then Aaron Jones is there to get on the edge and they obviously can do the opposite. Right. But that's kind of like their change up and that's how you kind of keep their legs fresh. So I think that's probably the way that these NFL backfields are going to be set up in the future. Honestly, where people talk about running back by committee, but they don't necessarily talk about the roles that they kind of play. There's very few guys in the NFL who can just withstand the pounding of, 17 games you're on the field constantly at the running back position i mean we're seeing guys like mccaffrey who can do that you know get banged up now right um the only other guys chubb is kind of that type it's of Derek guy but they have on a, yeah it's just derrick henry it's just derrick henry now and that kind of that goes into like the psychological warfare of of derrick henry that everyone talks about where He's just in the backfield. He's just ever present. He could just get downhill on you and you have to pay it in flesh every single play. Yeah, it's the it's the one running back in the NFL that's built like a defensive end. <laughs> like that's the other thing. I'm shocked no like SEC 
coach was like, how about we get you in a three-point stance, bud? Because yeah. usually you, that's that's part of the problem with when you see the generational running backs and tight ends like that, it's like, how do you end up at that position instead of on defense? Because these guys are chomping at the bit to get you to play on defense. Oh, yeah. and the athlete that Derrick Henry is, I it would be something to behold. Um, I, like it, we've seen periodically from the Bucks, they'll, uh, you know, from time to time, they'll throw Mike Evans in at cornerback. Like maybe we should start seeing that a little bit with Derrick Henry, see what he can do to opposing offenses. Cause imagine if you had to face a guy like him on both sides of the ball, you're really in trouble. Yeah. I, I am down for that. Uh, that, that would be something I would definitely like to see. Uh, that actually brings us to our first NFL reacts poll of the day. Would you have returned Tom Brady's 600, 600th touchdown ball? And now, just in case you guys don't know, Tom Brady, first person ever to throw for over 600 touchdowns last week. Mike Evans gave the 600th touchdown ball away to a fan because he didn't That's know it was the 600th touchdown ball. <laughs> and they, the Bucks, had to basically cut a deal with this fan to, to get the football back. And now... He got a lot of cool stuff, got a lot of signed memorabilia from the team, got season tickets and stuff like that. But we posed the questions to the NFL Reacts community. Would you have given that 600th touchdown ball back? 69% of you said yes. 31% of you said no. I think that 69% is filled with a lot of liars because once you realize that this touchdown ball might be worth like half a million dollars, I think it'd be really hard for me to give that touchdown back. It's for season tickets, like I mean, these better be the most expensive season tickets you have for me to say, okay, I'm fine passing up on that that half a million dollars. I better be sitting in Tom Brady's lap for the majority of the game before <laughs> uh, you're you're making those worth it. But like, it, I mean, I think it's to the point like where that is such a valuable ball. Like, I'm gonna guess uh, it's not gonna be sitting in Tom Brady's house. That that ball's gonna be sitting in the Hall of Fame at some point. Um, like. It's valuable enough that I think if you just said no long enough, even if you meant it, you could have gotten more of a haul. And like the initial report on that was that this guy got a thousand dollar gift card and everybody was like, wait, 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 there's more. Right. And then we slowly heard about more and more items being added to the list. Um, But I do wonder if he would have just like held out and said like, no, I'm good. Uh, even if he intended to hand the ball over at some point, because like, like respect to Tom Brady, it this is like it just a, a I, I, you can't even quantify the value of this item because uh, it's never been done before. Like kudos to Tom Brady. I would give the ball back just uh, on principle because I have like a heart that I just I, uh, I, I just am so happy for Tom Brady. I also hate him, but. <laughs> To the same point, like you got to milk it for everything it's worth. I feel like I I get my hands on that ball. All right. This is a memory for you, right? How about you make a memory for me? I'm lining up at whiteout for you. One play, one play, (laughs) one play. How about about we go that little exchange? That's probably how I start the negotiations. And then I just take whatever he gives me. But I definitely would have returned the ball. Some, what the hell am I going to do with this ball? Just look at it. I, I don't well, see the, point in that. The Give way, no justice. Something. You're going about this wrong. You don't start with one snap. You start with I want, I want a full a full game's complement of snaps, and then, 
and then they'll be like, uh, you know, I need a package. Snap. You got to yeah. build a package for me, Bruce Arians. Yeah. And then oh, like, like from there, they'll negotiate down to probably one snap. But that's how you got to play this. I don't even know if I want more than one snap again. Yeah. Like I, I will get no. hurt. I, I want one snap. I want it. It's got to be like a, it's like a double pass where I have like three blockers for me, and then <laughs> I just like heave it maybe a couple yards. I'm, I'm okay with that. The double pass screen. I'm, I'm fine with that one. Justice is in shadow coverage against Marshawn Lattimore. <laughs> yeah. he's he's I, winning the chipping match i'll tell you that one so i think i'd rather like get to call the plays for a series or something that I actually have to get on the football field in a game because there's no way that they're force feeding me that football and there's no way i'm getting open so <laughs> I, I think calling the plays might be more fun for me but and you might you might be doing better than andy reed at this point sorry guys <laughs> yeah it's been bad it's been bad uh thank you for that uh, shot. Uh, that seems like a good point to, or a, a good time to move on to our next matchup. The uh, B- Cleveland Browns are taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nick Chubb is expected to return in this game. The Cleveland Browns are still without Kareem Hunt, who could be out for a couple of more weeks. Baker Mayfield could play in this game, despite the fact that he had a broken shoulder like last week. Uh, he doesn't even have an injury designation. Yeah. So uh, what? I don't know what's going on there, but it sounds like <laughs> Baker is going to be in this game. Dearness Johnson was the week seven hero. The uh, guy that everybody added on the waiver wire he went absolutely nuts, had over 140 yards on Thursday night football. Kate. Would you still play Dearness Johnson this week against the Steelers in hopes that he has carved out that Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt type of role for himself, even with Nick Chubb back in the lineup? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, we saw like extreme efficiency from Dearness Johnson. He was just, I feel like every time he touched the ball, um, this is an approximation, but he ran for approximately 40 yards every time he touched the ball. Um, he, like really proved himself to uh, not just like take what, you know, his offensive line is blocking for him, but uh, ability to make reads further down the field and, uh, and adjust. And uh, he had the athleticism despite uh, what was his, uh, what was his 40 time? I think they said like a four, eight 40. Yeah. They were like, they were like offensive linemen run faster. (laughs) They were just taking shots at him in the broadcast. Oh, nonstop. But I mean, he looked better than a four eight forty. Uh, I, I think like this Steelers defense, I mean, they're so hit or miss. It, it sort of just depends on uh, what they're going to give you. Like it, Alex Collins found plenty of, of breathing room. Um, you know, like it, it really just depends on what they're going to give up to you. But I, I think this is a team that's beatable on the ground, especially with just the way they're able to force feed, force feed it wears down opposing defenses so well yeah I, I think that he's still in play for me i i don't know that i don't trust that he's just going to all of a sudden like carry this kareem hunt workload because kareem hunt was really really good before he got hurt but man he showed enough he definitely deserves to get more snaps and i don't think that nick chubb coming off of injury is just going to all of a sudden uh just just be the number one running back even though he's fully capable of doing that. And he's an incredibly talented player. So I still think that I'm starting 
Dearness Johnson this week. I, I still have faith in that guy, even if uh, the broadcast wanted to talk about how slow he was <laughs> all, all during that game. Uh, that leads us to our next NFL Reacts poll. Is there an elite team in the AFC? 53% of the audience say yes. 47% of the audience say no. Uh, this is pretty much, I guess, where I would have it. Uh, I don't think there's an elite team in the AFC. I think the NFC is just so loaded and top heavy. And that's a little bit different than I was projecting in the preseason this year. And part of that's the Chiefs being let a letdown and then the Tennessee Titans all of a sudden only being a two loss team and the Buffalo Bills being good, but losing the same Titans seem like the AFC is just kind of a jumbled mess. And I don't really have any idea who the best team in that conference is right now. Fun fact, 53% of you that said yes, uh, these are all Raiders fans. Uh, just kidding. I do think the Buffalo Bills need to be uh, like in the conversation as an elite team in the AFC. Um, their defense has been playing well. I like their offense, obviously um, playing well. Uh, I think they will obviously come out and prove that again this week with the Miami Dolphins. But um, like you mentioned, this dynamic of like it kind of nearly getting beat, you know, the, the Bills got beat by the Steelers, who are not a good team. Um, there's a lot of weird mismatched uh, relationships in the AFC in terms of who's beaten who in the power rankings. And that's a garbled mess, but I still think like top to bottom um, on paper uh, and in execution, I think it's really hard to not call the Buffalo Bills an elite team. And I mean, even, even the, the Cardinals, uh, they almost gave it up almost. Uh, they ended up coming back, but they were struggling against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So let's not, let's not be too quick to hand everybody in the NFC the, the crown here. Yeah. I think the thing with Buffalo, the question just keeps looming from that Steelers game, right? Where can you play Josh Allen like that? If you just like basically double set the edge against him, is there a way to make him force him to be a pocket passer in a way that actually hurts the bills. Right. And their defense is playing well. So you're not going to see that stress test until he goes against another good quarterback in a shootout. And you look at their schedule, they just really haven't had that opportunity outside of Kansas City, and that game didn't play out like that, right? So I don't think we're getting answers on the Bills anytime soon. And then there's other teams that we do know they have fatal flaws. The Chargers cannot stop a run game, period. The Baltimore Ravens' pass defense, awful, truly awful, like – bad in ways that we have not seen a modern Baltimore Ravens pass defense ever play before. Um, the Bengals, I think the Bengals are doing good first and foremost, right? We should get that out of the way. Good young roster, but they're limited in their explosive plays outside of chase. So if, if a team can figure out how to just clamp chase up, um, what does that Bengals team look like when they have to score points? I, that's yet to be seen. It's very weird, but like, the Las Vegas Raiders with the special teams uh, coordinator as head coach right now might be like the most well-rounded team in the AFC. And that's, they were dead to rights a couple weeks ago when they were, what they had a couple losses in a row. They started out like three and oh, and then went down to uh three and two. And then everyone's talking about the chargers. Everyone's talking about, you know, can Denver be a playoff team? Everyone still has the expectations for the chiefs and the Raiders became an afterthought. And now they're just, they're back. 
they're back. I think I changed my mind during this conversation. The one true elite team in the AFC is the Cincinnati Bengals right now. And it's because of Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase has just been absolutely incredible. Like not just the best rookie wide receiver, but playing like he is one of the five best wide receivers in football in his rookie year. And he's been incredible to watch, but that's made me a little questionable about some of the other Cincinnati Bengals offensive outsets uh, uh, assets. So I'm curious how you guys feel about Tyler Boyd and T Higgins in your lineups moving forward. Should you be worried? Should it just be chase and everybody else is kind of a matchup play or can we still put either of those guys in our lineups on a weekly basis? Oh, you can absolutely plug and play T Higgins. I think the issue with T Higgins has been like the lack of efficiency. Uh, and like, that's what we've seen uh, to a, a, an absolute T from Jamar chase is that complete efficiency and ability to get the long ball. T Higgins is seeing plenty of targets, but the issue has been uh, the lack of being able to convert those targets into receiving yards and, I, I think that has to progress back to the mean. We saw him and Burrow have a connection last season. Um, the target share has been there. I, I'm just waiting for this big explosive game from T Higgins. And I think it's right, right around the corner. Tyler Boyd is the afterthought though, for sure. Yeah. Poor Tyler Boyd. I even forgot to mention him like right there. <laughs> afterthought. Uh, or uh, CJ Uzama. Yuzama, Uzama. Right? yeah, that's how he goes. <laughs> not, not he's, he's fun. He's actually like good. He's stress tests defense. He's more athletic than you think. And yeah, I mean Boyd, he, he's the one guy on like a decent sized contract, right? And now he's like the fourth passing game option for him. Yeah, it's the Bengals are fun. They're probably not elite, uh, but that they, they are a fun football team to watch. And uh, they're young, exciting. Joe Burrow's got all the confidence in the world. And so I want to see them continue to be successful and, and hopefully they will in an AFC that seems like it is totally wide open, but let's go ahead and get to the pick three. Pick me. One, two, three. Pick one. On three. Pick three presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Pick three is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, a reminder that we do this each and every week. We try to find some values in our daily DraftKings lineups that we want you guys to build your rosters around. Try to get you the most value for your dollar, and hopefully we'll all win some contests and uh, win some cash moving forward this season. Kate, your first pick three quarterback. All right, I'm hitting up the Jameis Winston revenge game. The Saints get the Bucks this week. I know the Bucks can be a scary defense on paper, but Jameis Winston's coming in at just $6,000 this week on DraftKings. Uh, he's... He's definitely going to leave you plenty of salary cap to play around here. Um, and Jameis Winston is playing some of the best football uh, of his career, despite the fact that he's not being like uh, he's not they're not executing a really pass heavy offense. Um, I think that's worked to his favor. 
Jameis Winston is throwing uh, touchdowns at an 8.6% rate, and he's throwing for uh, the lowest rate of interceptions that he's had so far in his career. Um, I do think this is going to be able to uh, make a statement game. We know the Bucks secondary is totally banged up. This is a moment for Jameis Winston to uh, make a point and say, you were wrong about me. I have 2020 vision now. I'm ready to go. Lock Jameis in at 6000 bucks. Yes, the laser eye improved Jameis Winston. Just don't give Can't him the opportunity it. to turn the football over, and all he'll do is throw touchdowns. So I do like Jameis Winston a lot this week. My pick three quarterback is Carson Wentz. Wentz is only 5,700 going against the Titans defense that shut down the Chiefs last week. But the larger sample size would prove that Tennessee's secondary is pretty subpar. They were getting absolutely torched by wide receivers prior to that game against the Chiefs. So I'm banking on last week's game being the outlier, not the norm for that defense. So I actually like Wentz a lot. Uh, He's been surprisingly serviceable in fantasy this season. So I I think you could do worse than Carson Wentz in your DraftKings lineups. Who is your pick three running back? All right, I'm going with James Robinson, running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, James Robinson is the least expensive among all of your like elite running back options coming in at $6,600 on DraftKings this week. He's had at least 17 touches in three out of the last three games. That's 100% uh, of his games. He's absolutely bulldozing opposing offenses. Uh, he's running like Derrick Henry light. He's running kind of like an AJ Dillon, if you will. Um, he's just getting so many touches. And now this week they get a matchup against the Seattle Seahawks who are just, you know, much like the chargers. They're not really able to stop the run uh, at, at any point. Uh, they're allowing the second most fantasy points to the running back position in the NFL right now. Um, there's, there's just so much to love here. And I think even for the, the higher salary, you're still going to be able to get some of that value back because he's a lock for a top five performance this week. Yeah, I love my guy, J-Rob. My pick three running back is Chicago Bears, Khalil Herbert. He's coming in at only 5,400. It's an offense that's proven all season. They aren't interested in throwing the football, really. And they'll run it no matter the score in the game. It's hard not to be impressed with Herbert so far this year in David Montgomery's absence. He put up 100 yards against a, a Bucks defense that doesn't give up 100 rushing yards to anybody. So he's been impressive in his three games. He's completely taken that backfield away from Damian Williams. I think he's got a good chance to keep it going this week against the 49ers. Your wide receiver, Kate. All right, I'm rolling with Manny Sanders against the Miami Dolphins coming in at $5,400 on DraftKings this week. We've talked about this narrative before. There's just nothing nothing more enjoyable than watching uh, the Buffalo Bills absolutely trounce on the Miami Dolphins. It's a biannual tradition. Uh, since week four, Emmanuel Sanders leads the team in all routes run as the second most receiving yards only behind Stephon Diggs. Second most targets. He's on pace for 1,100 receiving yards and 11 touchdowns. And I think this is going to be a really nice outing uh, in Josh Allen's seven games against the Miami Dolphins, averaging 30 PPR points per game uh, and nearly three touchdowns per game. I think at least one of those is going to Manny Sanders, if not maybe two. 
Emmanuel Sanders is not a player I was really expecting to have such a big role in that Bills offense, but he has been really productive. So I think that's a really and Dawson Knox is out, by the way, uh, which is a huge, uh, a huge note to 14 targets in the last three weeks that they've played games like that's that's a huge absence. I mean, there's just so much room here for Manny Sanders to have a big, big day. I'm rolling the dice on Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy, who is Woo! expected to make his return from IR this week. He's only 4,900 on DraftKings. It's I think it's the cheapest you're going to be able to get Jerry Judy into a lineup. So I am totally fine getting him out there going against this Washington football team that has just been a buffet of fantasy points for opposing wide receivers. <laughs> So I love Jerry Judy this week. He showed some chemistry in week one with Teddy Bridgewater. I think Teddy's going to try to key in on Judy. So I'm really excited as a guy who has Jerry Judy everywhere as like a preseason sleeper. I'm really excited for him to get back on the football field. And I hope he looks fantastic. Justice, your top three DraftKings Sportsbook bets. Yeah, we're going uh, big home teams this week. Uh, Philadelphia at Detroit. Detroit's a three and a half point home dog. That's offensive. I, I don't know if anyone's seen this Philadelphia Eagles team. We harp about it every week. They just refuse to run the ball, right? <laughs> now Miles Sanders is on IR. He's out for three weeks. This is the Eagles are not a good football team. And I don't care that Detroit is 0 and 7. I, I, I think, you know, we talked about it when we were talking about the AFC. Don't make too big of a deal out of the standings right now, right? There hasn't been enough games played that we can actually kind of rely on that. Detroit is fighting in every single one of these games. You can't say the same thing about the Philadelphia Eagles, period. So I'm taking Detroit here. Um, I think they can win this like straight up. I, I love what Detroit's building. I understand they don't have the horses to get through most NFL games, but they might have enough horses to get through the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, New England at the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers are four-point home, uh, home favorites. I don't understand this. So even if you're going to say, "All right, two points for for being a for being at home," uh, because the Chargers don't really have home fans like that. I don't know if the the Patriots fan base is really traveling to Los Angeles right now. I, I don't know if Mac Jones is rallying the fan base like that. Um, <laughs> The Chargers are a legitimate contender. They they can't stop the run, but New England's offensive line is banged up too. And then the Chargers have all of the firepower in this game. The Patriots just don't have the team speed. So I don't understand how you could go into this game and say Mac Jones versus Justin Herbert. All right, that's only worth two points when, when the Chargers are getting two for being at home, plus all the team speed difference across the roster. That doesn't make sense to me. I'm big on Chargers there. If they break my heart, I, I may never recover. And then the, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns. The Browns Call are justice. three and a half point home favorites. What what do the Steelers do better than the Browns right now? Because the Browns <laughs> have a pass rush, right? So you can look across the board. I think the, the, the Browns are better at like every individual unit. Plus, it doesn't really matter who they have at quarterback because I think whoever's under center is probably going to be better than Ben, even if it's Keenum. So... I'm taking the Browns Ouch. there. Yeah, it's Ben's bad. Ben's bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's not good. Um, he does. I will say the only thing that makes me think this could be a Pittsburgh Steelers game is the fact that, like, the one thing Ben Roethlisberger has done well throughout his career is beat the Cleveland Browns. But this is a whole new Cleveland Browns. I I think you're probably unfortunately right, even though the Steelers and me 
Steelers fans in me hates to see it. It it hurts. The, the Steelers, if they make it out without one of their quarterbacks getting bopped in the head with their own helmet, I think they'll be lucky. This is basically <laughs> how this thing works out. The Browns are good. AFC North. Fun conference. Or division. The Browns are good. They're going to put some pressure on uh, Big Ben this weekend. But that is the pick three presented by DraftKings. Uh, we need to take a quick time out, but when we get back, we're going to get into this Deshaun Watson trade rumor a little bit and kind of how it's affecting the Miami Dolphins. And then uh, we'll preview a couple other games before we get out of here on a Friday. Uh, that's next on NFL Reacts. <laughs> Y'all about to get ready to roll, man. So y'all put the kids to bed. I'm betting one more. Over. Under. I'm betting on myself. Across the board. Welcome back into NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride, joined as always by Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co., as well as Kate Majuk of DK Nation. Before we get into the Dolphins preview, I, I don't think there's a ton that we really need to break down on the Dolphins side of the ball. I, I wanted to talk about the rumors circulating and most of them involving the Miami Dolphins potentially trading for Deshaun Watson. That actually leads us to our next NFL Reacts poll. Will Deshaun Watson get traded before the NFL trade deadline? Uh, 47% say yes. 53% say no. I just can't believe that it would be allowed to go through, really. Um, it's got to be weighing heavy mentally on Dolphins quarterback to Tonga Vailoa, who has actually been playing pretty well. So I'm curious how you guys feel. Do you see Deshaun Watson moving? Is it the Dolphins? Or are we just assuming that the NFL is not going to let this happen? I don't think we assume anything about what the NFL is doing. Because honestly, I mean my gut instinct would be no Deshaun Watson is not going to be able to take the field, but the NFL really hasn't given us any indication that that would be the case. It sounds like uh, based on, on all the reports I've read um, even the, you know, some of the gossip on Twitter, it doesn't seem like the NFL uh, really has a case to keep him off of the field at this point, at least as far as they are in their investigation of the situation. All the legal matters are still pending. I don't think there's any uh, formal charges uh, as of yet that have actually, um, you know, been uh, been paraded yet. I like who knows what those are going to be. But um, the issue, I think, you know, I would say yes, because the Texans, I, I have to imagine they're done with this headache. But the issue is Deshaun Watson's no trade clause. We've heard that the only team he is willing to waive that for is the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Brian Flores came out to say that Tua Tagovailoa is uh, the team's starting quarterback for the rest of 2021. Now, there's only one circumstance in which you can get away with that because you can't trade for Deshaun Watson and then, uh, you know, have that that sentence looming. So either Tua is really your starting quarterback or Tua is part of that package that you're about to make. Uh, I don't think there's one or the other here. Um I, I don't think that this goes through. I just can't imagine that an NFL franchise would be willing to deal the amount of draft picks that would take to get Deshaun Watson with all of these things looming. If you listen to like uh, Varentes at uh, Sports Illustrated just came out with a report where they talked to two 
um, accusers of uh, Deshaun Watson. And they basically negated everything that Goodell said about, you know, hey, we can't get a hold of these people. We can't substantiate any of these claims, um, at least for two of the, the over two dozen uh, victims or alleged victims. Um, that seems not to be the case. So it very much seems like the NFL just wants this story to go away and it does not seem like it's going away anytime soon. So I don't, I just don't understand how you can make a move with that many draft picks and maybe not get anything in return. I mean, you could be in a situation where if this stuff, you know, in, in court, I don't think it would be out of the question that even if Deshaun Watson is traded for on what we're October 29th right now, he could get suspended mid-season and potentially see prison time, right? That's what we're talking about here. So the the risk is just through the roof. I, Watson has not cleared these legal hurdles. So I don't understand how anything has changed. And I do wonder where the, these rumors are like starting, where it's like, hey, you know, Deshaun Watson, terms have been agreed to. They just have to clear that little legal hurdle. Where it's like... Little oh. legal hurdle. It's like, that's how it's framed that's how it's framed anytime the, these pieces of news come out. And it's like, so nothing has changed since the summer, but we're acting like this has progressed in some way. It, it's completely like divorced from reality right now. I, I don't think a team can trade for him. Yeah, it just seems like it's total NFL. Let's just you would need a big insurance policy. Like, let's just say <laughs> yeah. that you would but, need a big but, one. But they've used the exemption list, the commissioner's exemption list, for situations like this before, right? We can yeah. look back at Antonio Brown. We can look back at Antonio Brown and say that was similar to this with fewer um, alleged victims, right? And the NFL chose to use it, and right now they're not using it. So I don't know if they just don't want to drag Watson's name through the mud because he's a quarterback and quarterbacks make you money, um, but – I just because the NFL is treating this as something that they hope will go away doesn't mean that we have to treat it like that. Right, guys? Like that. Yeah. That's we can look around and say, hey, there's still over two dozen women who have accused of him of this. And it's in the court system. We don't have to pretend that that doesn't exist for the purpose of a, a trade. Um, I, I just I don't I legitimately don't think that it happens. If it does happen, I would be actually shocked like actually shocked. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I would be totally shocked if he actually winds up getting moved. And I don't think the reporting's really any different surrounding the trade than it was months ago. It, it just seems like maybe it's teams kind of leaking stuff to see how perception goes. Maybe the offer gets lowered and they can get him uh, cheaper because Houston's just trying to get rid of him. But to all the people who have been asking me if they should pick up Deshaun Watson on their fantasy rosters, no, don't do that. Morally, I wouldn't want Deshaun Watson on my fantasy roster, but it's also just going to be a wasted roster spot because I just don't believe there's a circumstance where he sees the field this season. And Tua has been playing okay. Like Tua might not be a superstar or anything, but they got to be doing some damage to my guy Tua right now. And I feel bad for Brian Flores because I don't think Brian Flores has anything to do with this. I think it is all upper management with the Miami Dolphins. So, well, somebody actually asked Tua, like, "Is this messing with your head?" Or they were like, "Do you feel unwanted?" I think was the way they posed that question. And he says, "Well, I don't not feel wanted." Like. 
it was this very, it was like this sad puppy kind of response. And I was like, I, I think Tua has shown a lot of like mental strength and maturity through all of this. Cause I know, I mean, especially as you know, you're finally really getting your shot uh, in this offense for real, for real without, you know, the looming Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's gotta be uh, pretty challenging to get through the day-to-day -day rumors, especially because uh, it's not just one rumor that gets dismissed. I mean, this has been going on for months now, and I, I think he's playing really well despite all the distractions. What a last two years for Tua. I mean, two years ago, right? We're talking about him and his hip injury as potentially career-ending. He had to get, like, life-flighted out of, like, the parking lot in Alabama, remember, um, when he went down with that injury. So just what a roller coaster. You, you do feel like... Like, come in here, bud. Like, give me a hug. When, when you hear <laughs> yeah. some of the quotes that he's talking about. There was another one where it was just Tua Tagovailoa, you know, colon. I don't know when the tra trade deadline is. And it's like, oh, goodness gracious. Yeah. I just feel bad for you. It's it's like uh, the Jamar Chase stuff in the summer, right? Where he's like, I don't know. The ball doesn't have stripes on it. I'm going to buy a jugs machine. And you're like, settle down, settle down, <laughs> settle down. That, that, Settle down, Cave. Like you're about to have the season of your lifetime. Yeah, yeah well, we true. could we could revisit some of the uh, preseason chase takes too at some point. That those would be fun to go through. Yeah, we can definitely do that. Uh, yeah, I feel bad for Tua. He's just out here trying to work and get better, and he's just 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 getting dunked on by his own franchise, saying they don't even want him. So. It's an awful situation, but long story short, Deshaun Watson holds absolutely no fantasy value for you this season. So don't do anything drastic uh, in, in trying to acquire Watson. Uh, it what it did just come out that the Los Angeles Rams and wide receiver Deshaun Jackson have mutually agreed to seek a trade ahead of Tuesday's trade deadline. So that leads us to our oh, next. Let's turn NFL. that face mask green. <laughs> Go Packers, baby. That, that leads us to the next NFL reacts poll. Will, will there be a trade deadline move that dramatically impacts the fantasy world? 35% say yes. 65% say no. I don't know about you guys, but I totally forgot Deshaun Jackson was with the Rams this season. Aside from that one long touchdown, I think he had earlier in the year. Uh for me, the only answer to this is Brandon Cooks going to the Kansas City Chiefs. That would be absolutely incredible. Or Brandon Cooks really going anywhere could be an impactful move, but the Chiefs would be the most fun. Yeah, I feel like you need to make any trade in any of your fantasy leagues for Brandon Cooks because uh, regardless of even if he's not traded, he's about to get uh, he's about to get, you know, his actual starting quarterback, what you know, who projected him into this wide receiver one role, even in a terrible terrible texans team um but if he's anywhere else besides the houston texans ka-ching uh you will never be able to trade for him ever again i don't think there's going to be any big time trade though i i feel like we set ourselves up for this this really disappointing trade deadline every single season uh we get our hopes up we hear the rumors start flying and then the deadline just passes and we're like, did we miss a tweet from Shefty? Like what is going on? And that's what we do to ourselves every single season. I'm not banking on anything really going down. I feel like, can anyone beat Ertz? Cause Ertz happened a week ago, right? That didn't even happen at the trade line. And it seems like some of these teams are making these moves a little bit earlier too. 
um, to the point where, you know, Stefan Gilmore, right, already traded. They didn't wait till the deadline for that. So I, I think those type of situations, some of them are already played out. Plus, you have to remember the NFL's cap structure right now. The last two years, it's been very tough in terms of being able to use the same type of mechanics to move money around. So a lot of these teams are like capped out, right? Like Green Bay, I can tell you for a fact, like Green Bay can't do a damn thing with their cap situation until they figure out a Devontae Adams extension because they've already maxed out everything else, right? So we're definitely in kind of like an era that would uh, de-incentivize you know, trading at the deadline right now, currently with the way that the cap is structured. So I could see moves like guys like Deshaun Jackson, right? Guys who are like, I'm wide receiver three slash four on this team. I could go somewhere where I could be wide receiver two. I, I, I think those are more likely than like an actual superstar. I don't know if anyone's going to beat Zach Ertz. Yeah, I think I tend to agree with that because we kind of see this at the NFL trade deadline every year. I'm hopeful that Brandon Cooks gets dealt somewhere where he can be the star that I think he is, uh, but I, I'm not convinced that it's necessarily going to happen. The Chiefs are kind of in the same boat where they just don't have any money. They could try to trade backup guard Laurent Duvernay Tardif, the Canadian doctor, but for some reason, he's one of the few players in the NFL who has a no trade clause. So he has to agree to it. It's because he's in all the damn commercials. Have you seen yeah. the commercials? Good for him. He's probably making more off the field than on the field at this point. Yeah, and he's their backup guard. So he's a player who's got plenty of starting experience and the Chiefs might look to ship him somewhere for an offensive line needy team. If they moved him, they'd have some money. So please do it, Chiefs. Uh, go get Brandon Cooks. I would be really excited about that. Uh, before we get out of here, I, I do want to get your guys' take. We touched on the Philadelphia Eagles' backfield a little bit and their refusal to run despite the fact that they're just simply not good at passing the football. And now Miles Sanders is hurt, was placed on injured reserve earlier today. He's going to be out at least three weeks. In steps Kenneth Gainwell, rookie who has shown some promise. He's a good pass catching backs, had some fumbling problems. Boston Scott might be in the mix. They elevated Jordan Howard from the practice squad. He might get some carries. Do you feel confident putting Kenneth Gainwell or taking a chance on any other running back in that Eagles backfield the way they've been running the football this season? Kenneth Gainwell, actually, like despite their lack of uh, rushing the ball whatsoever, he's uh, carved out a, a chunk uh, role for himself as the receiving back, even though we know Miles Sanders is a capable receiver. I think that uh, you probably should keep rolling with Kenny Gainwell. He's uh, had some touchdown upside there. Um, I mean, to this point, he's he's been more fantasy relevant than Miles Sanders has, and he's technically backup. Yeah, that hurts. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts. It hurts. Miles Sanders has been okay. He just gets like five carries a game <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, it's infuriating. It's infuriating, but you know what? Like maybe the absence of Miles Sanders will make them appreciate what they've had this whole time, and we'll see a beautiful love story reunion for the second half of the season once he returns. Dan maybe. Campbell comes in there and just pounds the rock, and you're like, "Ah, oh, <laughs> Miles Sanders, we could have used you the whole time." That's yeah. what we need. Yeah, and they have a fantastic matchup too. So, yeah, I think you got the right. caps. Yeah. Have you guys heard this Sirianni press conference that he had earlier this week? Yeah, they got to stop speaking that guy in talk. circles. Yeah, they got to stop letting that guy talk. It's... That guy, that guy went through a head coaching interview 
with a billionaire and the billionaire was like that guy that guy's gonna run my multi multi-billion dollar franchise <laughs> i don't get it yeah poor guy i don't they gotta the eagles pr has gotta be like give him some talking points and be like just stick to these quick short answers that's i mean that's that's what most NFL teams do, and a lot of coaches are good at it. Maybe they do that with him. He is just simply terrible about it because he is not making anybody feel confident in the direction of that team right now. Mm-mm. Sorry, Nick. You, you just gotta. Yeah, you, they gotta stop letting you talk to the media as, as much as they do. Sorry, I Nick. Long time, long time listener of the show. Uh, we apologize for for bulldozing through uh, your. Uh, journey through uh pr um maybe maybe we should send him back to class and that's okay yeah it's fine players have to do it all the time uh it's okay if head coaches have to do it too so you got your highlighters uh start running the ball (laughs) I i think things might look up for you if you actually run the ball and utilize jalen hurts and your running backs that way it uh things might be a little bit more exciting in philadelphia moving forward but this has been another edition of nfl reacts thank you guys so much for listening we do have to ask that you subscribe rate and review everything that we're doing on the sb nation nfl show but specifically our show we're in the five-star business so we would love a five-star review you can follow justice on twitter at j-u-m-o-s-q you can follow kate at ff ball blast i'm steven serta that's where you can find me We'll talk to you guys next week.